Welcome back, boys and girls, to week two of the college football slate, SEC slate. We are back with the Pick Your Poison boys. Thank you, Vin Diesel, for leading us in. Yes, you heard that right. That was Vin Diesel leading us into this podcast. The only way to lead in to the hypest podcast with the hypest tunes from this week. Pullman, what do you think about week one of the SEC? Well, first, absolute banger by Vin Diesel. Complete nutter. And banger. if you've watched the Fast and Furious franchise as much as I have, Oh, let's get a little more of this in here. Yeah, if you've watched Fast and Furious as much as I have, you know Vin Diesel can do anything. He went from a petty crap, uh, petty thief stealing DVD players to saving the world. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a he's like a he's a um, Renaissance man. He can do anything. Acting acting some of the highest grossing movies of all time. Produce absolute bangers. He's really the Michelangelo of the 21st century. But um. Shall we discuss the week itself? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, enough about Vin Diesel. No one came into this podcast to hear about some great movies and some great tunes, even though we do provide both of those. So, no. so I'll talk about myself first. Go ahead. I went 5-2. and two. Everyone loves talking about themselves. I, I, Me especially. I went 5-2 and two last week. Big week to open up the SEC. Bagman, how'd you do? So I was, to start the Saturday... I thought I was the hottest gambler in the world. 3-0 and to start. I had the Ole Miss over. I had the Auburn-Kentucky under. I had the Georgia under as well. So, looking great to start off. The late-night games completely destroyed me. From 3-0, and it was a tale of two halves here. 3-0 and to start the day. 0-4 to end the day. Bama screwed me. South Carolina lost by a half point. I don't know. It was gross all over the place on the second half of the day. It's probably because I... A few too many beers and, and got you know lost in translation. But to start of the day, I had my mind clear, head clear, picks clear all the way through to winners. I got to straighten it out. I've, I've crunched the numbers and figure out where I went wrong to give you winners this week. Overs hit four and three in the SEC last week. Underdogs won four at one four and three last week. So pretty balanced overall. You know that's 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 how usually Vegas does it. So I don't know. It was a fun week overall. Games were great. Loved watching the games. I went to the Ole Miss game. It wasn't as fun of an environment as normal. It was a little weird watching it in the stadium without fans, but all the games on TV were electric. Everything, you know, the games were all fun. It was exactly what we needed for the SEC. From the television standpoint, I thought the atmospheres were fine. Um, I you don't the, even really notice the viewing it. experience. They don't really show the crowd too much during college games unless it's like big third down or kind of between plays when they're really just trying to gather yeah. their breaths as announcers. Like when they're coming back from from TV breaks now, they don't show the big crowd pans. They don't show, you know, locking on certain fans doing surrender cobras anymore. It's all about on the field product, which has been flawless by the SEC. It's been pure as the driven snow. So Last week was fun. This week's going to be even better. We've got a feel for what the SEC has. We've seen what the product is on the field. We'll get into some picks later. Pullman, do you have anything else you want to discuss about last week? Yeah, uh, one one thing. last thing. I'm a little worried about you. If you're losing it before Pac-12 starts for the night games, this could be a long year for you. Oh, well, thank God Pac-12 after dark didn't creep in like to this past week because after losing going 0-4 in the second half of the SEC slate, I would have been firing so many live bullets on Pac-12 after dark. I would have woken up in a pit of terror checking my balance, being down God knows how much. We were singing karaoke by the time the Pac-12 after dark game normally starts. Would start, yes. The Pac-12, so, yeah. The 9.30 Pac-12 game wouldn't have even I, kicked off we, by the we time killed I had... Amanda Consasaro, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. I, we also played that Vin Diesel song 
no less than 30 times. But that's very much warranted because of how much of a banger it is. So we can get, uh, we can honestly get straight in. Do you want to get into some of our uh, hot topics? Yeah, we'll, we'll do some segments. Where do you want to start? You want to, let's start Sorry Not Sorry. Yeah, yeah. You, you got a good one for this week? Well, I mean, I sound like a broken record from last week. Sorry Not Sorry, Atlanta Falcons. Good Lord. How many blown leads can one franchise have? I mean, I made the joke last week of the Super Bowl, you know, loss that, that, the blown lead against the Cowboys was worse than the Super Bowl, making the joke. But this is just this Groundhog Day. I mean, the Cowboys were not a good team. The Bears were an even worse team. It doesn't matter how bad the team is, I guess. Let's, let's throw the Jets at them next week. The Atlanta Falcons will find a way to lose a game when they're up by 20 points, you know, at around halftime or so. It's, it's a complete disgrace of a franchise. Dan Quinn should be fired. Sorry, not sorry, Falcons fans. you got to live with it. Uh, yeah, I guess my sorry not sorry will go to uh, Ed Orgeron. Oh, Ed, I'm so sorry. Can you not win an SEC game without a Heisman caliber quarterback? Is someone getting exposed as a fraud? Some dude with a funny accent. Go Tigers, go Gumbo. You're a fraud. Loser, get out of here. Ooh, Ed, oh, yeah. I mean, he did lose every good coach on his staff, and now he's being somewhat exposed. But, yeah. That was tough for, for Coach O last week. Hate to see it. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Topical poison. I don't know if you saw on Tuesday night, there was a little debate on the television between two presidential candidates, two very well-minded potential future leaders of People the free world. People you want to be your old leaders. Yeah, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. You know, just very, very clear-minded, very brilliant, you know, big-time, big-brain guys. And we, as the host, decided we should play a little segment from uh, the debate and see yeah, what you guys Yeah, this is behind-the-scenes coverage. No one's actually heard this yet. It was cut out from the broadcast, but we obtained some behind-the-scenes coverage of the debate that was not broadcasted. So here we go. Three, two, one. Uh, your eyes Wait, are close. Hey, whoa, hey. Uh, your eyes so- are always spinach your in your teeth. Your son's an idiot. You know COVID what? isn't real. You know what? Your ears are disgusting. No, no. Oh, have you looked at yourself in the mirror? It probably cracked. Oh, that's what your mother no, says No, no, shut too. up. Shut up. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. I'm not going to... Your son's addicted to cocaine. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And uh, that was topical appointment. There you go. Well, that was a direct clip from the... From- <laughs> from the uh from the debate so yeah y'all got the sneak peek here on the pick your poison podcast so let's not not beat around the bush here let's get directly into the games from this week it's a hot slate on the sec we're not going to talk about any other games because none of the other games matter big 12 has completely thrown itself aside thank you thank you oklahoma thank you kansas state for go ahead and declaring yourselves frauds and not having us have to discuss you I didn't think perpetuity. I didn't think it would come this soon, but the Big 12 opted out of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the Pac-12 fired itself under the sun. The Big 12 has now fired itself under the sun. The Big 10 is clawing back. I, you know, We'll see if they're even worth our time to discuss here on this on this incredible podcast. We'll make them earn it a few times, you know, give them a few weeks to try to earn it. But until then, we're only discussing the things that matter. We're only discussing the SEC. Pullman, what's our first game? First game, 11 o'clock slate. South Carolina travels to Florida to take on the Gators. The Gators are a 17.5-point favorite. Kickoff's 11 a.m. Bagman, who you got? So, yeah, I was dialed into this Florida team last week. They played the Rebs. I discussed how Lane Kiffin can score points, but this Florida team also has just playmakers all over the field. I mean, speed everywhere. Kyle Trask, good quarterback, good O-line, returning four starters. I like the over again. I think this Florida team, this over-under right now, is at 
57 and a half. That's right where it was against Ole Miss last week. I think Florida can put up 40, especially at home here coming back. I don't think the South Carolina defense is that much better than the Ole Miss defense. And I honestly think Florida kind of played a, a down week. I think Kyle Trask missed some open guys. They kicked some field goals late in, in the second half. So I think Florida is, is money for at least 40. I think South Carolina can kind of score too. Their quarterback, Colin Hill, looked pretty good last week. I don't know. I don't really like a side here that that 18 points feels about right. So give me the Florida over again. They Dan Mullen, he knows how to score. That offense is lethal with Kyle Pitts, the Kyle, the Kyle. I know you, you were talking about this earlier, Pullman. The Kyle Trash to Kyle Pitts, the tight end. He's going to be a first-round pick for – I love the over here. Give me all the points for, for Florida. I think they – I think until Vegas catches up with how good Florida's offense is, I'm going to take the over every time. Yeah, I got the same play here, over 57 and a half. Uh, I'm not typically an over-under guy. You know that for me. But um, – I like the way, like you said, Florida moved the ball last week. I don't think their defense has too much right now. South Carolina is really showing that connection they have between their quarterback. I don't know what year he is because apparently he's been in school since 2015. Yeah, if you tra- if you transfer from Colorado State or anywhere at BYU, anywhere in that territory, you're going to be like 25 years he's old. He's got three torn ACLs, so yes. that, that typically will mean you're a little older. But him but and Mike Bobo Him and Bobo connection, some, yeah. I love it. Uh, I, I don't think I really like a play here. I think 18's right on the number. I think uh, I'd lay scary. it if I had to. I think, I, I'd, I think I'd take South Carolina if I had to. Oh, right I, I, think so I think we might it, be on yeah. opposite sides. Yeah. But um, but I, I was also, now that I think about it, you said you're not a big over-under guy. The only, my three wins were over-unders. My, my four losses were on the spread. So maybe I need to just focus on over-unders. Maybe That's, you do. Maybe Bagman's just the over-under specialty. My, my last point being, though, is I think Tennessee had a solid defense. I think it kind that of stifled true. South Carolina in their first game of the season. Tennessee's defense is definitely the strong suit of their, of their offense. And South Carolina putting up 21 against that defense is pretty good. Pretty well, respectable. It, it is not uh, Garantano, I can tell you that much. Yeah, Guantanamo Bay, not the strength. Uh, next game, we'll circle right into that. Missouri travels to uh, UT, 11 o'clock kickoff again. Currently, the line is Missouri plus 12 on my book. I'm seeing 11 and a half some places. Mm-hmm. I'll just go ahead and start here. Love the Missouri play. I don't think Tennessee's as good as they are. I think they've been on a really hot eight games of winning close games. I think they're going to win here, but I think it being over creeping over 10 points, I like Missouri. What Drinkowitz did last week wasn't too impressive. But you got to go with his overall ability. I can't take what he did against Alabama week one as the only thing mm-hmm. we can tell you. So Missouri getting these points. Drinkowitz proving he can put up points against average to lower tier teams. Uh, I think Tennessee kind of falls in that category more than the world beaters of Alabama. So give me Missouri plus 12 right Coleman, here. Coleman, can you name one player on the Missouri team? No. <laughs> I didn't think so because I couldn't either. I don't know. This Tennessee team, I swear I think I've been on the wrong side of them every time I've bet. Last year I was when they went, I think, six and zero at the end of the season. Oh and six against the spread and straight up. Exactly. Yeah. I think I was like I don't know, I couldn't pick a side. Last week I think they're always just right around the number. I think, you know, last week against South Carolina it was a three and a half point spread. They win by four. This is a 12, 11 and a half point I, game. Give me Tennessee if they're a three to se- seven points or favorite less. Higher than that, though, give me the other team. I had Bama last week against this Missouri team. They did not look very good. I mean, Bama could have named their number. Bama just kind of quit at the end and, and didn't want to cover. I think that was a save employ to try to keep his team a little bit reined in. Give me the Vols here at home. I don't know. They're riding high. They, they're, they're, they're at least confident. I think Missouri, I know they have a first-year head coach. He's probably going to – 
talk them in that they had a good game against Bama. They did not look very good. I can't name a single player on the Missouri team. I can at least name Guantanamo Bay. If he does what he did last week, he I don't think he threw an interception. If he can rein that in, keep the turnovers low, I think the Tennessee defense is good enough to hold that Missouri offense to very few points scored here total. I'll lay the 11.5 here with the Vols. I don't love it. I can't pick a Tennessee side. I'm staring into the sun, that bright orange sun that is Tennessee orange. I can't see anything. I can't see the board, I'll, I'll, but I'll lay the points here because anytime I fade Tennessee, I tend to lose. It's always shining orange in Tennessee. That's all I got to say. Yep. So moving into our next game on the slate here, we got the Saturday 3.30 Eastern Time, 2.30 Central on CBS A&M at Bama. Bama coming in as a 17.5-point favorite under, over under a 51.5. Pullman, what's your read? Yeah, so uh, I rewatched the A&M Vandy game. I'm sure no one really watched that game. It was on late. There were better games on during that time. Some A&M weirdo fan cut it up on YouTube for 40 minutes, so of course I watched it. A&M might be the worst team in the SEC this year. And I Whoa. say that full well I know that they beat Vandy last week. I think Vandy's better than A&M from that game. A&M had to bring linebackers to blitz to bring down the Vandy running back on any run play. They couldn't stop play action. They just looked out of whack with Kellen Mond throwing the ball. He actually, I think, graded as one of the worst quarterbacks in college football this past week. So I'm taking Bama here, minus 17 and a half. Uh, and also Bama, first half, bigger play here, two-unit play, Bama minus 10 and a half. I know Bama has a tendency to not show up in the second half when they're already winning a game and will fail to cover that way. So we're kind of hedging our ass here, giving Bama first half, Bama full game. I don't think A&M is going to be able to score against Alabama. Honestly, if I could get a team total here, I would take the under for A&M, hammer it, and just be fine with that. So whatever you can get an A&M team total out on your book, do it. But take Bama first half, Bama full game, A&M frauds. I agree here. Bama is the play for sure. I, Bama was my three-unit play last week. That was a tough loss. Bama was owning that game. They just rolled over like a dog in the second half. They kicked it to Missouri with like two and a half minutes left. Missouri fumbled the punt. Bama got on like the 10-yard line. Could have covered the 28, but decided to just run it three times up the middle and got stuffed, kicked a field goal. So that was a Saban thing, I think, here. I think Saban wants to stick one to Jimbo, especially on this one. I think he wants to put his throat on Jimbo for recruiting for, for multiple reasons. He what would Jimbo do with his – or Nick do with his throat on Jimbo? That sounds a little sexual. Uh, that, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I th- I, no, I think he would just kill him. I think he would just kill him with his with, if he had it on his throat. Also, uh, did we just talk about South Carolina didn't make a cock or Will Muschamp joke? Look at us. We, we're, we're improving. We man. are maturing. We are... I did not mention him not having sex with his wife once there. <laughs> wow, we've really grown on the Pick Your Poison podcast here. But, yeah, Mac Jones looked like a legit quarterback – the Bama defense is for real. They could have named their score if they wanted to against Missouri. A&M, Kellen Mond looked like a complete and utter fraud that he is. We've we've dialed, we've had that you know dialed in for three years on this podcast, calling Kellen Mond a fraud. He is what he is at this point. I'll take Bama here. They didn't. I think Saban got a little pissed at him this week. I think he intentionally did that against Missouri to, so he could get pissed at him, knowing that he had A&M week two. This is in Tuscaloosa. I love Bama here. I think. You have the first half line, and I, I, I do like that, but this line is only 17 and a half. The last week's line, the first half was the play, looking back on it, because of the 28-point spread. That's, way, that's a lot of points. 18, 17 and a half, that's not really enough points to where if it's around that number, Saban's not going to keep his foot on the gas. I think he goes for the jugular here, puts Jimbo in his place, 
Give me Bama all day. I love it. This is my lock of the week again. I know I'm riding Bama, but, you know, I'm going to ride it until it dies. Bama, give me 17 and a half. Love it, love it, love it. Next game? Yeah. Ole Miss travels up to the hardest place to play in the SEC, Kroger Field, Lexington, Kentucky, to take on the Wildcats. They're a six-and-a-half-point dog. What are you liking here? I am the over-under specialist here. Ole Miss put up a ton of points. Lane Kiffin, QB whisperer, QB guru, offensive genius. I'm taking the under 61-and-a-half here, though. Kentucky's defense, very solid. Running quarterback, good offensive line. They're going to run the ball. Ole Miss defense gave up a ton of passing yards to Kyle Trask, but people forget, overlook maybe, that they gave up 6.8 rush yards per attempt. Kentucky's going to see that, try to run the ball, establish the run, and I think this Kentucky defense is good enough that they can stymie Ole Miss's offense. Lane Kiffin in his postgame presser, I have a little quote here. So in Lane Kiffin's postgame after Florida, he said, we had not played well in the passing game the last two scrimmages. We didn't even come close to this against our service team. So color me a little bit skeptical that Matt Corral and the Ole Miss offense can do the same thing two weeks in a row. I think it's going to be a low-scoring, kind of slow-paced game. Kentucky's defense knows what to expect now from Lane Kiffin. They have some tape under their belt. Given the under here, I don't trust Kentucky's offense at all. They don't have near the playmakers that, that Florida did. I don't know. I, I can't take a side. I would, I would take Ole Miss on give me the six because I think this is going to be a close game. But I, I don't like to bet on the Rebs. So give me the under 61 here in an overreaction to last week's game with the Ole Miss uh, over. Yeah, I'm going to take the Rebs plus six here. I'll tell you why. I think this is going to be a one-possession game. Yep. If Kentucky wins this game by seven points, I promise everyone listening, if you take that bet, send me a screenshot. I'll give you one free item from Boomer's room Yeah. if, if, if that happens. But I like Ole Miss here. RIP, Boomer. And the reason why... I think they're going to be able to throw the ball well enough over the top of Kentucky where they're going to have to not have anyone in the box, therefore resulting in Ely and Connor being able to rush for an average of five to six yards per rush. Uh, And with Corral being able to be honest with the run and pass game, I think it'll be something around the 24 to 31 each team range. So we're, we're both kind of in, in agreement here. I think Kentucky, yeah, they're, they're going to take away the deep ball. They saw Ole Miss throwing it deep. That's where they score most of their points. That's where Kiffin gets his big plays. Take away that. Make them earn it. Make them run the ball. Milk some clock. Yeah, I think we're kind of on the same page and this here. And this could be definitely a game, too, where you'll see a lot of Plumlee packages still. Um, I know Kentucky likes to run the ball with their quarterback, but I don't think they really necessarily have the speed on that defense to match up with yeah. them in formation. So yeah. give me the Rebs. I don't six. hate the Rebs money line here. I wouldn't take it because, you know, they're my Rebs, and I'm not going to not gonna jinx them. But, yeah, I, I do like that. 61 and a half. I mean, is Kentucky going to score 32 points, 33 points on an Ole Miss? Like, I know Ole Miss' defense isn't good, but having an over-under of over 60 points with Kentucky as the – one of the teams, I don't know. I, I just physically can't take that over. So give me the under. Pullman likes the Rebs plus six. Not a terrible bet. I think it's going to be low scoring, close game, come down to the last possession. It's going to be a good game at 3 o'clock. I think SEC Network's got a good one. Next game? Yep. I guess we'll go into what I was talking about before, Auburn at Georgia. Game of the week. In Athens, dogs, minus six and a half. Who you got? So I know JT Daniels, the – USC transfer has been cleared now to play for Georgia. Didn't play last week. Georgia looked terrible against Arkansas. 
couldn't score the ball at all. They had to get a pick six to kind of get the thing rolling in the second half to be able to – Points come. really rolled on late in the third and the fourth. Yeah, there. but that all got started with a pick six. I don't know. It was – Arkansas is not a good team. They had a you know a little bit of a rallying cry with the first game. They, they had a little belief going into the second half with a lead. But, no, you know, JT Daniels coming in, I think the hype with Georgia is good. I still think Georgia is a very good team. I don't know, six and a half points is far too many. Give me Auburn here. Auburn looked pretty good against Kentucky, a good Kentucky team. Bo Nix, I've been on Bo Nix since he was a senior in high school. Very good quarterback. You've been on him? <laughs> hey, I haven't been on him like, uh, like I don't know. I, I, we're trying to progress here. I'm not going to make a sex joke now. But no, uh, Bo Nix looks very good. Auburn, their offensive coordinator. Ooh. What's his name? Ooh, Chad Morris. Chad Morris. Very good caller there. I don't know. I think this is going to be a three-point game one way or another. Give me the underdog here. I think it's a very evenly matched game. Give me the underdog here to cover the six and a half. Yeah, I like Auburn here too. Uh, Georgia playing a first-time quarterback with little practice. Yeah. There's going to be some issues, timings with receivers, he, cadence. Um, he's not. He might not even start, honestly. like like He's been hurt all camp. He's been hurt the whole time. Who's to say he has enough reps even with this offense to be able to – I think they were they, – by the, in the second half when they kind of took the lead, they were playing a walk-on quarterback. So give me, the, give me the points. Yeah, I agree with you, coin toss. And I also don't think Auburn really opened up their playbook against Kentucky. I think they did what they had to to win, kept it simple, kept it as a defensive game, possess, keep the ball away, be up by a score to two scores each time. Um, Over think, under a 45 here, very low total. Yeah, I was about to say, I think I remember watching that game in the Grove last year, and I think it was – 10 to 7 at the end of the yeah, game. Yeah. Anytime so. there's this low of a points total, I'm probably going to take the underdog just especially when it's six and a half points. Like Vegas is expecting a low scoring game, which means a close game, which means give me the points, give me the six and a half. I'll I'll take that all day expecting a, a coin toss game. But there's been some serious Gus Malzahn, Kirby Smart shots going on this week. And if you told me to bet on one of those individuals for their brain against the other, I'll take Gus Malzahn and his Waffle House eating ass. Any day of the week against Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart seems like the kind of guy who eats dirt. Yeah. And not as a child, like, still eats dirt. Yeah. And I can't believe he's running a major program. I think he's kind of a sham. I know I've called three coaches frauds. Picture it, picture it now. I might call myself a fraud now, fraud, but like Auburn. I can see it right now. Kirby's, like, down by seven going into the fourth quarter, looking up at the Jumbotron with his shitty visor, with his hair flowing over the top of his visor. Looking his second confused. chin tucked just above his third shirt button. Yeah, doesn't know who to yell at on the sideline from a coaching staff standpoint. He's just looking around for someone to blame, someone to yell at, someone to try to incite some fire underneath to get his team going when they haven't really shown anything. So, yeah, I think we're both on the same page here. I think Auburn's – if Auburn can win this, they might have their eyes on a Final Four spot going into They'll the have a legit shot the way the Big 12 is playing. But I mean, two, two teams – you know, Kentucky's a good team. Georgia's a good team. They can come out of this with a win – Bama is really the final. I think they still play Florida, maybe, but they Bama is still the main test on their schedule. They could be eight and zero, nine and zero going into the end of the year with a huge, huge Iron Bowl coming in. So, a lot riding here on both of these teams with high expectations for postseason play. Last game, or second to last game, excuse me. LSU travels to Nashville to take on Vanderbilt. Uh, LSU is a twenty half point favorite. Six thirty kick, Bagman. I love this play right here. I'm laying the 20 and a half with LSU. I know how bad they looked in against Mississippi State. They couldn't guard anyone. But LSU was running man-to-man the whole time against Mississippi State. That's their MO. They love man-to-man. The reason they love man-to-man is because 
Derek Stingley Jr., their stud cornerback, can lock down an entire side of the field by himself. So they just run man-to-man across the board, assuming he can take away their best player on the outside. So without him last week, Mississippi State wide receivers were running wild. They didn't know how to change. They didn't know how to adapt without him on the field. He's going to be back this week. They're going to lock down lock down Vandy. Vandy's not going to be able to score at all. And LSU has enough playmakers on offense to be able to score. I know Vandy's defense is pretty good, but this is no Kellen Mond offense here. This is a legit offense. Miles Brennan did not look good, but looked serviceable against a pretty good Mississippi State defense. I'm going to lay these points. This is a huge overreaction. Everyone saw Vandy cover big time, almost win against A&M. Everyone saw LSU suck against Mississippi State. This line should be in the 30s in Nashville this week. I'm laying in with LSU. Big time bounce back game. Edo's going to have his players fired up and ready. Give me LSU, land those almost 21, almost three tutties. Scary, I'm uh, agreeing with you here, but I do. I think oh, you're I think, I think a lot of people are double. This is a, what we call a double overreaction game. Yes. People watch both those games are thinking, wow, LSU's normal, and wow, Vandy might actually be okay this year. Vandy has one really good receiver, Amir Abdur uh, Rahman. Huh? Well, you tell me if I pronounce it. Abdur. Amir Abdur Rahman. Correct. Um, he's their only good receiving option. He kind of kept him in the game. I expect Stingley to be matched on him oh, exclusively. Yeah. Locked down. Uh, so Vandy will pretty much only be throwing to their tight end. Good luck beating LSU like that. I don't think Vandy will be able to score. I think LSU is going to put up points in bunches after last week's performance. I think this is a double overreaction line. I think this is something LSU covers in the first half, yep. and they're going to put the the way you say it, put the boot on the throat, put your throat on someone's boot. I don't, I don't know what you particularly say, but hey, you got to you got to step. Up. Throats will be stepped on during this game, and LSU will not be the one being stepped on. Give me the Tigers minus twenty. This might be one where I take Tigers first quarter, Tigers first half, Tigers full game. I think this is an absolute drumming by the Tigers in this ha- game. Hammer it every way and available. You yeah. want to bring us in the last game? Yeah, I'll bring us in to the last game. Another 6.30 start. So we got three games all kicking off at 6.30 here. Arkansas at Mississippi State, the college football darling of week one, Mississippi State Bulldogs. 17.5 point favorite, over-under of 69. Nice. Thank you. Over-under of 69 in Starkville this week. Pullman, tell me what you think. Big! Suey! Give me the Hogs all day. Give me them 17 and a half. I think State's going to be way overvalued here. I love Arkansas's fight. I think they think they can beat teams. And I thinking you can think you beat teams, that makes me think I think you can beat teams. Cool. I don't know if you could follow that. No. I did because I know my thinking. Give me the Hogs. Give me them straight up too. Money line. Coward pick. Leach always always does this to himself he steps over himself in the small games after the big games he's proven this time and time again so reason he maxes out at a cotton bowl give me the hogs yeah i don't hate that pick honestly i think so this is another quote i saw after they played lsu last week mississippi state uh, offensive i don't know if it was i didn't get an exact they didn't release what type of coach he was he's on the offensive side of the ball he said we only ran six pass plays and three run plays the entire game. The entire game. From about only two to three formations. So yes. it's not like they were actually mixing it up. No. It's my play calling in Madden is basically what they did. Yeah, it's it's everyone's play call. They find the three plays they like, a bunch of crossing routes against man-to-man. You dink and dunk, and then you find the open guy to be able to run 30 yards down the field. They did what they did against LSU. Everyone saw it. It's an overreaction. However, however, I think... This is an under game for me. Under 69. I love going under. Nora, that's for you. 
I love going under on a 69 total. Like I just said, Mississippi State only ran 12 total plays last week. So Barry Odom, the Arkansas defensive coordinator, he's way smarter than LSU defensive coordinator. Uh, coach from Nebraska, Bo Pelini. Bo Pelini, way smarter than Bo Pelini. He's a very good coach. I think he's going to see the tape, see what they did. Mike Leach doesn't, doesn't take a lot of like analyzing a bunch of scheming to be able to stop. He does what he does every time. If you can stop what he likes to do. He doesn't he, watch tape he also. Can't, he can't adapt. He can't. If, he, if you take away what he, on his little like four by eight inch index card of, of offensive plays, if you take that away, he turtles into his little shell. I, I saw a quote one time from the Washington defensive coordinator asked about coaching about Mike Leach. Well, it's actually the easiest game to prepare for because I pull out last year's tape and I do the same thing. Yep, yep. So I think I think Barry Odom, very good defensive mind. I think he'll be able to see that. Even with an Arkansas defense that's not very good, they'll be they'll be kind of riding high off last year. I think they uh, more than like Missouri could, more than Vandy can. They actually could be like you know they thought they were in that game. They were in that game for most of the game against Georgia. I think they'll have a little energy coming in this game. Mississippi State's riding high, but pumping their chest out, thinking they're all high and mighty. I like the under here. Arkansas Stevens is going to show up to play. Arkansas, Felipe Franks, like we said last week, let me throw up in my mouth just saying that. Disgusting quarterback for Arkansas, so they're not going to be able to score. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. 69 points is way too high. That's 35, 35, 45, 25. No way those teams score that much. Far too many points for this game. I like your Arkansas pick because I like the under, so give me the underdog too. Don't I might sprinkle on that money line. Might sprinkle on that money line. Plus 500. Because I think it's going to be such a low-scoring game that we'll look up in the fourth quarter and it's 10-14, to 14 and Arkansas has got a chance right there to be able to cover that line, to cover that spread, to cover that money line. So I don't hate that. I'm not going to take the spread, but I will take that under 69. Rebs Bagman, you're over-under king 3-0 last week. Don't forget it. Under 69 here for the final game on the SEC slate. I think that's all I got. It's electric. It's electric going through these games now. Yeah, I mean, talking about games that I actually care about means so much more than those other games where I was just lying through I, my teeth to I, the listeners. I think we learned a lot in the first week. I think there's going to be some overreaction to the first week, you know, based on some of these lines. And so think, we like to call that the reaction to the overreaction. Yeah, yeah. So we react. Yes, exactly. We see the overreaction from a mile away because we know these teams so well. We see that coming, and we bet the opposite side, knowing the overreaction. But things like Bama, you know, that, that people saw that last week, first half, easy cover. I think it's the same thing this week. I think that's kind of the same thing. I think uh, Auburn, what you saw last week, is what you'll get this week. I think Georgia, what you saw last week, is what you'll get this week. I don't know. There are some things you can see week one and not overreact to, but there's plenty from week one that you can overreact to. And we're here to tell you what where the overreactions are and how to capitalize and make some money off of it. I feel like overreacting right now, to be honest. I'm, I might cause a scene. Oh, let's go inside a riot. Let's go inside a riot. Speaking of inciting a riot. 